it's so funny how we catastrophize things as fans, you know? Like yeah. this one small thing happens in a supposed Super Bowl window, and we're just like, well, this is what this is why we can't have nice things, you know? Like this is Yeah. This. As if like the last like thirty years didn't happen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Hi, this is former Pro Bowl Center for the Buffalo Bills, Eric Wood, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on the Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. We'll bring that all up when we, you know, get around to it. But how you love Stefan Diggs. (laughs) And how Sean McDermott's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would you even say it? It doesn't even matter if you felt that way. Like... Why would you say that? That that causes like the media to because it's June. Nobody else has anything to talk about. Well, that was the big. If he didn't say that, I don't think any of us would worry, right? Like, no, it was no, just nobody would have even thought about it. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, whatever. Excuse absence, whatever. I'm not going to talk about it." And then that would have been the end of it. He could have been like it was a personal thing, and he's not there. Everyone would have been like, "Okay, well, people have personal things, right?" And we excused him. Like that's all he had to say. It, it might to believe they only had two minicamp days. They had physical, and then one day, two days, and then that was it. Right? Yeah, because like, they canceled early. They canceled early which on is, the third day. Which they've done before, too, but, like, two mini Like, who the fuck cares? It's not even training camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, it's, even, and even if it was training camp, look at the, the 90s bills. Like, half the guys didn't show up for, for that shit. Bruce Smith, Thurman, like, all these guys, they didn't give a fuck about training camp. He didn't. He didn't. I think I think it was because so let me tell you why I think it was important is because this is the first time we've seen Diggs at the facility since the Bengals game, right? And remember when the Bengals game we saw him yelling on the sidelines, he left the locker room without being able to be interviewed. Like, you know, he kinda left on bad terms. So you just figured as Bills fans, like, okay. <clears throat> They're over this. Like Josh and Stefan hash it out. Like they could, you know, this isn't the first time they've been seeing each other, talk to each other. And then when this happens, you're like, have they talked to each other the entire off season? Like, did Josh even text Stefan? Like, like there seems to be some sort of, I don't know, not beef, but like some sort of like rift between them, which looks like it got sorted out on the second day, but it looks like it wasn't even sorted out for that first day, did it? Like I think I think there was I th- I don't think there was a good reason that Stefan wasn't there. I think he was just like something happened and he was pissed and he wasn't happy about it and he's like I'm going to let it I'm going to let them it, know. It it's all speculative. But all like, speculation. He he could have got there and been like this is the same shit, shit we we're doing before and it didn't work. Why are we doing this again? Like it could have been something Dorsey was doing or Ellen was it could have been anything, right? And he like he's like looking through his whole career, he strikes me as the person that there's all types of people, right? Like that are playing football. 
they're either in it for the money or they're in it for the love of the game. They've been playing it their whole life. They love it. They don't care. Um, they're in it, in it for the individual statistics, like all these people. But Diggs is one of the people that is like, got to win a championship. And he, it, but to the next level, like, and if there's something in his way of that goal, he's going to bring it up. And to his credit, he's not, like, putting it on social media. He's not, like, on Twitter, like, saying, oh, the Bills are doing this and they should do this. Like, it's all in-house. So, you know, forget that. I, I I think it's great that there's a player like that on the Bills, like, that wants to win as badly as almost as much as me. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. Don't you think that's a – besides just the fact that he loves that – you know, he, he wants to win more than anyone, and he has that desire that, that you have, maybe even more so than John. <laughs> but Well, let's not get crazy. Let's, <laughs> let's, I, I think that pushes or forces the hands of the people in charge or Josh Allen or coaching staff or whoever, Sean McDermott maybe even, or maybe even all the way up to Brandon Bean. Like, this is his focus. He is that good at what he does, and he knows that, He's not going to be able to do it for the next 10 years. Like It's got to happen sooner rather than later. So if there's anyone that could force the hand of management or whatever to change the method in what they've been doing, like you said, maybe they, he got there and he's just like the same old shit. Like It doesn't work for me. If there's anyone that could do that, like that's not like a, like a rookie comes in from college is just like, nope, everything's got to change. Like that, No one listens to that. But Stefan Diggs, of all players on the team, besides maybe Josh Allen, comes in and says that, then you listen. Then you actually might do. Because I'll be honest, like I, I was scared as a Bills fan to think that there might be a big rift between Josh and Stefan, guys that we thought were best friends. <clears throat> you re- and, and in thinking that, I'm like, why am I so upset? You know, I know he's good. I think it's just because he's that important to the team. Without Stefan Diggs, the Bills don't go anywhere offensively or anywhere at least – in the same, you know, galaxy as they have the last few seasons with him, so it would stink to lose. And we, and we know he has a he has a history of blowing up or, or you know, facing or challenging, you know, uh, coaching management players and stuff like that. It's 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 passion. He wants like he 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 has that that mindset. Like this is you know this is what what it takes. You have to put in the effort and everything that goes along with that. And like if he's sees something then he's gonna say something i don't think that's like you look at some of these divas the like wide receivers it's different than that it's not it's not like i don't understand why everybody's dogpiling on Diggs. i Diggs is probably more in the right than anybody on on whatever is going on which we'll never know until like after they win the next 10 super bowls and they do a 30 for 30 afterwards and then they go through the whole thing and then then we'll find out right but (laughs) Right now we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is maybe is this is that step. <laughs> Stefan Diggs making that statement and Miss walking out on the first day of minicamp. Maybe that's the that's the point where it like, okay, now it becomes you know, now this is where they start, you know, their journey into winning those Super Bowls or whatever. Like the bickering bills, right? 
like wasn't that like a, a big impetus for them getting to those Super Bowls? Is like they had to come together after, you know, what was it? I, I remember seeing it on the Four Falls of Buffalo. It was like Jim Kelly would blame the offensive line in like press conferences, and then Thurman Thomas went out and said, "Well, it's our quarterback," you know, because he was tired of, you know, Jim Kelly dogging on the other players. So then he was like, "It's the quarterback." And Bill Pullian's like, "Thurman, you can't do that. He's our quarterback." It's like, well, he should be doing that to everyone else, you know. And then they kind of went back and forth, right? It is kind of funny, like, when the Bills started to get good in the late 80s, and then you had the whole bickering Bills things, and then they started going to Super Bowls, the the time frame kind of aligns with what's been going on recently. But I, I don't think it's the same as the bickering Bills. I it, I think, because you don't see that from other players. Allen and Von Miller are supporting Diggs right now, right? They're not bickering back. It's it's I, I think they're more cohesive than that. Um, so I don't think it's the same thing. Uh, um, but I think I think it's good to have players like that, and and like all those guys are captains too. Like they're like they're going to keep each other in check anyhow. Um, if anybody is is an idiot out of this whole thing, it's Sean McDermott <laughs> for saying that on on the in his that one press conference saying, "Oh, very concerned." No matter what he feels, saying that phrase is going to blow up on me- social media because there's nothing going else in June. <laughs> And everybody's going to focus on that and speculate and the whole nine yards. And that's, I thought that was really dumb of him to say. It was really dumb. Did you think that that was out of character for McDermott to do that? Because, I mean, it was it was NFL national headlines. I mean, I was listening to several other NFL podcasts and they mentioned that specific phrase, very concerned. I it, That seems, I, I don't know if like the pressure's getting to McDermott or, <clears throat> excuse me, he was just that worried about what was going on or or what like i don't know if this is like the first instance we see of him starting to lose the locker room i i think that's a little extreme obviously but like what what is what is causing this that like i mean josh didn't seem nearly as worried i mean josh wouldn't answer any questions with any direct sort of language whatsoever besides the fact that he said it it had nothing it was non-football related like that's the only thing that we got from josh basically from his press conference but but yeah, I mean, if, if Sean McDermott doesn't say that, we're just like, okay, Stefan's not here right now. And then after that, John, going back to McDermott, the next day when Stefan shows up, I mean, McDermott basically walks back like that wasn't that big of a deal. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, it's here, you know, people are going to say what they want. It's like, you know, and and people are going to, you know, take it out of the media because they always do. And I, and I get that point of view. But the Buffalo media was pretty good about it. They're like, Sean, the reason why we're, harping on this is because yesterday you said you're very concerned and now you're not what was the cause of that concern and he's like oh i can't get into that you know like it was it was weird seeing him flounder like that because normally he's forthright with the media that he so much so that he doesn't have to do that or at least he's he's composed enough that he doesn't have to backtrack over the crazy thing that he said the day before you know what i mean yeah it, it was very odd like Usually he's much more tight-lipped. He does the coach speak. He, he, he'll 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 answer questions. Um, he he you know he doesn't Belichick it, but he'll not give anything away either. Uh, so either it was just a really dumb mistake, or it was very purposeful for whatever reason. But I I don't know. 
it could have been the heat of the moment. Like that, that literally just happened right before he came out. Like he finds out that Stefan Diggs, you know, leaves the locker room or something in a huff and just drives away. Right. And he's just like, what's going on? And then you catch the media catches him right at that moment. Like, Oh, Stefan Diggs isn't here. No, I'm very concerned. Like, Oh, okay. You know that who knows? It could have been, and it's all speculation. Because they but won't say he anything. knows the audience too is Diggs and his agent, right? So if he's just like, ah, oh, I don't care, like what kind of message is that sending? I I do agree that he probably misspoke, which is he could have his words back, but I think the message has to be to Diggs too, like, oh, we want you here. And I, I disagree that, like, I guess with John's point, that I think it makes him look like a diva on on the first day. Like maybe at, leading up to the first game, and you're like, hey, uh, the game plan. I think I should get. 15 passes and i'm only getting eight like i think i'm a huge part of the offense and i should be getting more but on day one like if, if we don't count the, the physical it'd be like showing up to work and be like ah i'm leaving <laughs> like it, it just yeah it makes it look like that but i don't know if that's what's really going on obviously he's getting like the lion's share of the targets He's he's already getting that. He might he might have a different. I just don't think it's constructive. Like to just be like throw your hands. I'm out. Like from my mind, it 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 it, it plays into the divas wide receiver stereotype. And you, like I personally, I'm just like I couldn't care less like about a receiver having a hissy fit and leaving. In my mind, day one, it's like really guy. Like the people in the stands are working sixty hours a week and inflation's ten percent. And you're like, come on. I'm I'm just like. We you this haven't played a game. About, you haven't. You've done nothing, and you're having and you're doing this. It's not about money, though. He he already had a, his contract extension just last year. It's about winning. He 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 is a uh, yeah. I, I agree. That's I'm, I'm not saying he's upset about money. I'm saying like uh, like it's it, like Nate said. It's leading national news, and in my mind, it's like people are dealing with. Like, if you get but injured McD- and frustrated, I get it a little bit. It's McDermott that made it blow up in the media. It's not Diggs. Did Diggs, Diggs leave any- day one? Diggs, like, Diggs could you leave like- your job? Could I? Like, absolutely not. I'd be fired. Like, But the second day, on his second press conference, McDermott said, oh, it was an excused absence. Well, then why didn't he say that the first day? I why, just did think, backtr- like, why did he backtrack Mc- like that? I th- I'm sure he could have chosen his words carefully. But if he's like, oh, I don't care who shows up. Like the there's other people that it's mandatory, so he should care. But the second day he said it was an excused, but the first day he was very concerned. So it's McDermott that's being wishy washy on this. Diggs didn't say anything to the media, but he left. And I guess he in was my mind, like was, that's what I took out of it. Like he he just it's yeah, a but you don't know bit. why. You don't know the why he could have been in the right. I just. How can you be in the right when you throw up your hands and leave and everybody else is still there? But that you don't know that's what happened. Well, I'm not saying... Do you think... You just, do you think... I guess we're talking in circles now. He, yeah, do you think... I guess with McDermott saying he was very concerned, Mike brought up something interesting, which I guess I, guess I never thought about, that it was a message to Diggs and the agent, which I never considered. To me, it was just like, a, this is how I feel, like I need to get this out. But sending a message to the agent, like saying, oh, I'm concerned. I mean, the agent was saying, like, he's here. He's there. He showed up for, you know, he's in Buffalo. So it's not like he's skipping it. Like, he made sure to mention how his client's doing his, you know, contractual duties that has nothing to do with that. And then you're like, okay. 
Like, if he was like, it doesn't matter, we're going to keep going on, you know, Steph's dig. I think what he could have done is, <clears throat> if it was a message to Diggs, he could have said, instead of saying, I'm very concerned about him, maybe trying to make it sound like he cares about him, so he wants him there. If that's the case, which we're always, I mean, all this, we're speculation upon speculation upon speculation at this point to like the fourth power. But if that was the case, you would say like, you know, he's not here today. He's, you know, dealing with something personal or, you know, they say, I'm, you know, it's just, we're going to move on. We're going to keep practicing today and tomorrow. We, we're hoping he's going to be there and everything, you know, is taken care of by tomorrow and he'll be here. Um, you know, that's, and I think that for the most part, he could probably get a couple of follow-up questions, but I think he'd be okay. On, on a side note, like, what's the purpose of having this mandatory two to three day mini camp? Like, what does that do for everybody? Like, you, oh, you bring everybody in for two. Like, what can you possibly accomplish in those couple of days? Well, I you think do your, you're, you're you in do the your news. physical. You do your physical. <laughs> like, you you increase the value of your team. It's in everyone's mind. They're talking about it. But like, why not have it for a week or two? Like, why is it like two days? <laughs> That's a great question, John. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh all right. Why, why all right. Everybody meet the around. rookies. All right. All right. Um, we'll do a couple drills. All right, good. We'll see you in July, end of July, beginning of <laughs> August. Like, I don't understand. What's the point of that? So mandatory mini camps are brought up because uh, it's a f- mini camps are part of phase three of the three-part off-season process. Phase one is just strength and conditioning. Phase two allows offenses and defenses to practice together but not against one another. I think that's what we saw with OTAs. And then this is mandatory minicamp. Phase three, pads are not to be worn at any part of the off-season training program, but phase three, minicamps, does allow helmets to be worn and players and plays to be installed in live offense versus defense situations albeit with no live contact involved. In addition to these mandatory minicamps, Phase 3 includes voluntary organized team activities, OTAs, as well as extra veteran camp if the team has hired a new coach. You know, this is, says this, of course, is all gently meant to wean players into the action of training camp instead of it just being like all of a sudden you show up, <laughs> you know, from January to uh, the end of July. So that's our answer. It still seems like not long enough, right? Like two days and then out six. Then you wait six weeks until, or maybe five weeks until the end of July. And and then you start, I I don't know. Why isn't it a full week? Just three days? A week. Yeah, it's three days and they cut off one of them. Physical and then, you know, I don't know. The first one is physical and then altercations between players <laughs> and coaching so that they can get off on the wrong foot and make you know you know what the one if it, I'll I'll say that one thing that I do like about that uh is that I think it makes other teams and other fans in the NFL count out the Bills even more because of this. They're like, "Oh, the Bills are just, you know, they're just going downhill." And I don't think the Bills do so well as you know, uh they're they're when they're they're favorites. They do about better when they're underdogs. So that's kind of what I, I take away from this. If I'm trying to take something positive, which I always try to look on the positive side of things. So besides that, it looks like they they figured out what they were trying to figure out. Hopefully, so that by the time training camp comes along, they got through that. But I mean, Josh is busy. Josh is busy dating Marvel uh, superheroes, so he doesn't have time to text dig in, digs in the off season and say, "Hey, you know, uh, we're still good, right?" You know, stuff like that. So yeah, he's too busy being on the Madden cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's moving up in the world. 
Doesn't have a chance. So, so real quick, we, this was just like a completely cold intro into the podcast. This is Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. You heard John and Mike talking, my co-hosts. Um, and this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spires Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Head on down to Route 90, get off at Exit 41 in Waterloo, New York. Check out the DeLago Resort and Casino. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great time. Um, my, I just had a friend text me the other day. He's like, dude, he's like, um, Matt Reif. I believe his name is Matt Reif. Like famous comedian now, which I, I've never heard. I, I've heard of him, but I've never heard his stuff. He's playing at the Lago Resort and Casino. So they're like, well, let's, you know, let's get together. Let's like take a half day off from work. We'll we'll get tickets. We'll gamble half the day. And we'll go see a show. So that might happen uh, in the near future too. So cool things going on there, uh, over there. Uh, and obviously at the sports book there. So, John, Mike, we talked about the Diggs drama at length. Uh, I guess at this point, does that really – oh, yeah, by the way, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there that are Bills fans. Um, Want to wish you guys that. We might talk about some Bills, you know, uh, Father's Day items a little bit later, but for now we're still talking about the Diggs drama that led the national news – what do you think? Usually, I, I feel like we can at least get to some understanding where we can see the other person's point of view, I guess. And maybe we're talking past each other to some extent. My only point is I don't understand how it helps the team if Diggs just leaves. To me, it, it makes it about him. Like, it'd be better to sit in the room with every with a wide receiver group and be like, or Dorsey or the coach and be like, hey, this is how I feel. How can I be utilized? Or whatever your issue is. But just throwing up your hands and leaving – to me, is not a good look. That's my only point. I understand it's not about money. He wants to win. I, like maybe he's the most passionate and hardest working guy on the team. In my mind, it just it, how does it help anything? And maybe I just he, think maybe that he is did a that. Look. Maybe he did that, and Dorsey was like, "No, we're going to do it this way," and without even listening. That you don't know what happened. That's that's the whole thing. Everybody's dogpiling on Diggs, but nobody knows what happened. Could it be? Could it be possible that you know this but he is just left? He he him no leaving. What? Just leave it. Him leaving is the best form of protest to get his point across to everyone, right? Like if he has an issue with the play calling, and he goes to Dorsey, and Dorsey's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll fix it," you know, whatever. Like if you want to make a statement, it's kind of like I hate to go to this because it it's very controversial and divisive. But like the Colin Kaepernick thing, like Colin Kaepernick could have just gone, like you know held a press conference or done a YouTube video or a Instagram live and been like, "Hey, I'm against police brutality, against people that are African American," and then be done with it, right? Like he could have completely just done that. And that could have been what he's what, known that for. Analogy: Wouldn't Did they he just have, have? Wouldn't he just leave? Like in your situation, Diggs should have stayed, and whatever. Pro said, I, I, "I guess I feel a little bad comparing the two. <laughs> I, I mean, it was just like, well, that the way that he, he went across leave. it, he he did something that people didn't expect, and he got the most reaction out of it. Right or wrong, he did it. it. He could have just said, "I'm against this," and people would have been like, "Yeah, okay, I agree or I don't agree." But he did this in this one instance, and everyone's like, "What? What is going on here? Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's protesting that way." Like, or people are like, "Oh my gosh, I completely agree with him. I stand with him." You know, like this, it was. This is Two completely different things. But no, but it was just the way that he went about it. Mike's saying that Stefan Diggs could have just talked to, you know, the people that were involved and that would have taken care of everything. But him leaving, Diggs leaving, 
sent up uh it, it was like a pr cover-up like with the bills you know seeing like stefan diggs is not like from their own twitter account there they, didn't have to be a pr cover-up if mcdermott didn't say that stupid thing like nobody would have been talking about it at all you don't we think would, nothing we happens would if not, he doesn't we come. would we would not have a podcast tonight if mcdermott had said yeah diggs was excused uh for uh today he'll be back tomorrow and which is like what like i don't understand yeah, that doesn't make the that doesn't make the headlines. You're right. I would just say, irrespective of the headline, whether we all found out about it or none of us did, I think the analogy more is like one of us showing up to work, not being happy, and going home. And then maybe that, become, depending our our profession, maybe like we're a airline pilot and it shuts down the airport because that flight's can I don't know. Or maybe we're something that doesn't impact anybody else that day. Right, but, but it's just the fact we, him we, showing we, up, being like, Pete, "Like I can't deal with this. I'm out." Like, but we that's don't, we don't, we don't even know if that's what happened. Dorsey could have been like, "Okay, go home. We'll talk about this tomorrow." And McDermott wasn't either privy to it or he was very concerned about it, and that's what he said. Like that could have happened. It could have been an undermining of coaching as opposed to just Diggs just walked off upset. Like any scenario could have, like Dorsey could have been like, "Yeah, go home." That could have happened. There could have or been a Alan, big blow up between a- Allen and Diggs, like right then and there, you know. Or like Allen, it, or Allen could have been like, you know what, Diggs, Diggs, go home. I'm going to talk to Dorsey. <laughs> like that could have fucking happened. Like I, I don't know. Like nobody knows. I, I don't like everybody dogpiling on Diggs. Then that's that's my point on everything. That'd be funny if Josh is like, you know what? Why don't you just leave Diggs? And he's like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, just like, and then like two minutes later, he's just like, I love Stefan. He's like, he's my guy. You know, but no, it could have been, it could have been like, like, never be the one like, to leave, he, could, he could be like, hey, why don't Divorce you leave? Or why, football player. why don't you go home? I'll talk to Dorsey about it. We'll figure it out. Like, it could have been like that. We'll talk about it tomorrow. You come back. All three of us will meet. We don't know. You come back or when you're been, not... Or could, or, or could have been Dorsey. But like, all right, I, I get what you're saying. I got a plan for today. Go home. We'll talk about it. We'll 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 start a new tomorrow. Like, anybody, like... Or Dorsey's like, Dorsey's like, oh, you think you know better than me? Well, why don't you just leave? <laughs> Diggs that could happen, too. But in both <laughs> scenarios, Diggs is not at fault. Right? I'm just How saying. How many times have you been sent home from your job, John? None. How many times okay. have you wished that you were sent home from your job, <laughs> but not fired? <laughs> you know what? Take the, take the afternoon <laughs> off. Take the afternoon off, John. <laughs> I feel like this is a very different profession. <laughs> He's their second. He is their second best player, right? Mike, to your point, if you were at a job, like let's say airline pilot or whatever, just like a regular desk job or something like that. I mean, if you were to make... Uh, a statement if like my boss came up to me and it's just like nate you're doing this and i'm like no i'm not and they're like yeah or we'll fire you and i'm just like peace <laughs> and then they left like everyone if you automatically think of that people are going to be like well nate just got fired but then if you really think about it be like well they did do not have a replacement ready for nate yet <laughs> like they didn't think this through so they would have to bring nate back and then smooth it over with him because of the statement that he just then made. Screw him over later. Then screw, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they would hold a grudge like no other that entire time, just waiting for me to mess up so that they could fire me, right? Yeah, they'd be searching for the new name. <laughs> yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. And I'd probably be searching for a new job too <laughs> along with that. Like we'd we'd both be looking for, looking around, you know, for for new partners. So, yeah. It would be effective though. Even though it wouldn't be right to the people that rely on me within the office or the company, they're just like, it's well, not a family. <laughs> Jeez, I kind of wish my my job was more like a family. Like it sounds like the Bills locker room is. Like, man, I could I could leave tomorrow. People wouldn't care. <laughs> Besides having to do my work for me, you know. Uh. Anyway, a lot of speculation. Here, here's a question. Just. I mean, I really, forget. I'm sorry. I, I just really like Diggs. And I, I just, maybe he's just passion got the better of him. I just think he, I just didn't think he came off looking great. As my only, I know nothing about what happened. I agree 100% with you, John. McDermott should have candled it better, but I love seeing the bills in the, in the news for positive things. And it just didn't look like it, it just played, in my mind, played into the, the diva stereotype. That's all. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on what you were going to say. No, yeah, that's what, fair. What's your question, John? Um, yeah, so I was just going to ask. Um, no, that very fair point, Mike. Um, if you had to rank the Bills' all-time wide receivers, where would you put Diggs? It's a good question. Like, just are we basing it just off of their talent and how good they are at being a wide receiver in general, or are we basing it off of how likely we are if we were to put like? Andre Reed next to Stefan Diggs, which one would be better at what they do? Because like, no, no. they kind of so play different positions yeah, obvi- and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to compare eras, you can't compare like training and physical attributes and all that kind of thing. Because like guys in the 60s would never win against guys in the 90s. Like even if they were a bad 90s player, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They would be physically better than somebody in the 60s. Andre Reed's a Hall of Famer. So you have, that has to factor in. If you're if you're thinking about Andre Reed right off the bat, dude, if Stephon Diggs keeps this up for another three or four years, he'll be a Hall of Famer, don't you think? He's a top ten think- quarterback the last two or three seasons. Even with another quarterback in Kirk Cousins, he was a top ten quarterback. I think if he keeps this up, I think he becomes or wide receiver. Sorry, I think if he keeps this up, I think he definitely makes a wide or like the Hall of Fame. Maybe not definitely. That's a little. That's a little strong. I think he makes a Hall of Fame. I so in saying that, in saying that, I mean, I think the top three wide receivers for the Buffalo Bills, sorry to cut you off, John. I think the top three are Andre Reid, Eric Moulds, and Stephon Diggs. And if you were to give like a few more, now I don't know the 60s guys like Billy Brooks, like I don't know, or whoever those guys, Bucky Brooks, Billy I don't Bro- know. Billy Brooks played in the, in the 90s, <laughs> and so did Bucky Brooks. <laughs> Bucky Brooks played in the 90s too? Isn't he one of the best receivers ever for the Bills? Are we thinking of someone else? No. Cookie Gilchrist? I don't know. I don't know. One of those guys. Dabinian played for the Bills in the 60s, if you're thinking of receiver. Yeah, I don't don't know. And then, like, in the 70s and 80s, they had Bob Chandler, Frank Lewis, uh, those guys. They had BB. Oh, yeah. Lee Evans in the, the, you know, later years. Billy Shaw? Is he a wide receiver? That's the guard. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> and the only player in the Hall of Fame that never played in the NFL. Really? Mm-hmm. All AFL. No kidding. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, there's there's what Booker Edgerson. I don't know. Is there another wide He's receiver? <laughs> I'm just gonna name these guys, and you could let me know if they played wide receiver before the '90s. 
All right, uh, so you pretty you, you you started out good. So <laughs> read molds and digs. I dove off a freaking let's, cliff. Let's let's go from there. Stevie Johnson. Lee, yep, Stevie Johnson's a good one. Lee Evans, I think, is up there. Um, you might want to say Lofton because he's a Hall of Famer, but he really was only with the Bills for three years. Played, you know, started two and a half seasons worth of games, maybe. He was there for their run, but he wasn't. Yeah, he, he was, wasn't there. He forever. was really. I mean, he was he a journeyman. Re- really good career, but yeah, he did drop some balls for the Bills too. But he did run a lot of long routes. BB's got to be up there. But is it because of the the play, or is it because? Yeah, BB was a good wide receiver. He's good, but I mean, he I, wasn't on Andre Reid's level. But if you if you think, th- is he better than Dix? <laughs> oh no, no, no oh, one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the only ones that would even compete with Diggs, I think, are just Reed and Molds. I think that's it. And Molds mostly from a physical standpoint, but he did put up some numbers while with, um, while with the Bills. So he just yeah. didn't have a great career after the Bills. I would, I would probably put. I mean, me personally, I put Diggs second after Reed. Mm-hmm. With and that could change. That could change. Right I was now, gonna say that's right now. That's what I would do. That makes sense to me. And Dabinian might be top three or four. I mean, you, you mentioned Molds, so he's he's Molds was really good too. Um, but Dabinian was good. So he those four guys. Molds was one of those guys though that had like everything. He had the size, the speed, the hands. I mean, the guy was just a complete receiver as we've ever had from like just that standpoint. But in saying that, that doesn't make him the best wide receiver because of it. I just think he had all these physical tools that so few wide receivers in the NFL have or have ever had. Like I'd say, I know he's not Calvin Johnson, but like if there's a Bills wide receiver that's ever been within the same, you know, stratosphere as, or whatever you say, you know, from, from Calvin Johnson, I think he's like the prototypical wide receiver, you know? Moltz was also on some really bad teams, which helps elevate his case, I think. Didn't he start with, uh, oh, was his first season Andre Reed's last season? Like, he played with Reed, didn't he? He, he I think his rookie like, 96. 96, okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he had like, Todd Collins. He would have been, been, no, I think. Or Kelly's last yeah, year. Yeah, Kelly's last year was 96. Collins was rookie in 95. So, like, yeah, he lived through everything. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Colin. when they got good again. Bad with the guy, Billy Joe Hobart. No, he was with them when uh, Bledsoe came, right? Yeah, Moles then, and uh, Evans and all that. Yeah, Mo. He was. He wasn't with Evans. Fearless he was with Pierce Price. Price yeah. Like they even had like yeah they had yeah I can't, I can't remember because he went to Houston for a year or two at the end of his career. I think Peerless Price. Oh, Moles. Yeah, no, Moles. He he went to Tennessee first, I believe, didn't he? Or did he go to Houston first? I'm about to tell you. Oh, he was only six foot two. I thought he was a little bit taller than that. I thought he was like six foot three at least for some reason. That's six foot two difference. <laughs> no, John, it's kind of a big difference actually. <laughs> a huge difference if we're being honest. <laughs> he played with yeah, he played with Houston and then Tennessee. He played with Buffalo from age twenty three to age thirty two. So longevity there. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. He had. One, two, three, four, one thousand yard seasons with the Bills. That's a big. I mean, jeez. He was like five yards short of getting ten thousand yards from his career, right? 
something like that. Yes, correct. Five five yards short. You're right. I feel so bad for the guy between that and playing for the Bills for that long during the drought. Ugh. Do you think a guy like that ever looks at like one ball he dropped? And he's just like, man, if I had just not dropped that one like five yard slant out of bounds, <laughs> you know, I, I'd have been yeah. fine. I'd have been fine. Yeah. Or if one of those 18 quarterbacks would have thrown it more accurately. <laughs> if Billy Joe Hobart had actually looked at the playbook, he'd have been, he'd have gotten to 10,000. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Is there anything else that you guys want to cover about the Stefan Diggs? I think we're good. I mean, do you guys agree? I think we're in a fine spot right now, unless proven otherwise. I think they, you know, got where they need to. You saw some handshakes from Allen and Diggs. So I think they're in a, I'm going to approach training camp that the slate is cleared. Everyone's in a good spot unless proven otherwise. Right. I agree. I think we all love Diggs, right? Love Diggs. Absolutely. I think we like him. I think we put him number two overall, so that's pretty darn good. He's only been with us for, what, three seasons? Has it been four? Three four seasons? It's, it's It hasn't been ten. So uh, if if just, just curious, if Stefan Diggs retires as a Bill, we'll always look at him as a Bill instead of a Viking, right? Like at what point, like if he's been with us for five years and he's been with the Vikings for five years – does he become a bill? Does he retire as a bill? Like, I mean, or is he always looked on as a bill if he makes the Hall of Fame? Or how does that work? You know, I think, I don't know. Interesting. I think, I think if he's with the Bills for another couple of years, he he retires a Buffalo Bill. Yeah, especially if they, especially if they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he's been with the Vi- He was with the Vikings for one, two, three, four, five seasons, and he's been with the Bills for three seasons. So. He'll okay. definitely be for the Bills for at least one or two more. So, so time. If he wins the Super Bowl, that's it. Yeah, like. Yeah, the Super Bowl does matter though. If he's been with East and, for five seasons and, and then he wins, and this the Super is Bowl the year, so like it's perfect timing. <laughs> uh, I think you guys brought up the salary thing. If the Bills were to like trade Stephon Diggs or cut him, I think there's, I believe it's forty five million dollars in dead cap. So there's no way it wasn't it wasn't a contract dispute or at least it, there's nothing the bills could do either way if if that was the case so uh, at least we could eliminate that possibility for the conflict between whoever it was. No, he just wants to win, which is what we want. Somebody that wants to f- win. But John, I will say this: not that we're going to rehash this, <laughs> open this wound, but there are better ways to show that you want to win. Like there's there's good ways of going about it and there's not so good ways of going about it. Like I remember He went ex- about it the good way. He did not go to Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and social media and Twitter and say, Hey, the Bills are, uh, I'm unhappy. Like a lot of wide receiver divas do. Go to his Instagram. He, what do you say? He what do you say, John? I don't have Inst- I don't have Instagram. But <laughs> So you don't know. <laughs> he would have heard, heard about of, it on Twitter. We would have heard about it. <laughs> He went. He, it was all internalized, right? Mcdermott made the mistake in the end, but here he I, pl- I right. have it. He I did it the right way. It was all internal. I am super mad. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Hands Just... up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> that sounds like something Mike would say. <laughs> it does sound like it's right from? Oh, that's Mike's Instagram. <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. 
I'm I'm afraid of ever writing anything complaining about my work on social media for the f- fact that I fear that I would get fired or they'd see it or something like that. Like if I was upset with something at work, I would talk to my boss. I wouldn't put put on Twitter. And that's exactly what Diggs did. Like well, I don't a, understand. I don't understand. What's Ed the Oliver did that this off season. Didn't he kind of like complain about the Bills or like without coming straight out and being like the Bills suck? He was kind of like, well, you know, I need to be appreciated. I need to feel I'm appreciated or whatever. It was very you know, tongue in cheek of like what he was trying to get out there, but he wasn't happy with the the contract offers and stuff like that. That is to to your point, John. I think that's worse, much worse than just you know making a statement in the locker room and keeping it internal than going to social media for sure. So anyway, unless anyone else has something to say about that, I think we're in a good spot. Uh, this was just fun. I mean, it's 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 so funny. This stuff always happens right after we record. Like it's like a Tuesday, right? This Stefan Diggs doesn't show up to mini camp. But I wanted to get our thoughts on. It. I wanted to just discuss it out loud with the fellas and give our thoughts. And uh, if you have any thoughts on this, you'd like to, us to talk about it next week on the episode. Feel free to email us, DM us um, over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at CTW Pod, circling like circling the wagons pod. Uh, I want to talk about Father's Day. Happy Father's Day again to all those Bill's fathers that are out here listening. I want to talk about how uh, Bill's fathers have affected us and then like some of our listeners and then talk about maybe like a funny story about your father as far as like something he's done that like we can all relate to or laugh about because dads do some Let's be honest, dads do some pretty dumb stuff. Like it's just it's just in their DNA, it's in our DNA. Like we just do some weird things that looking back at it, like, you know, they they wouldn't admit that they didn't do something right or smart or whatever, but we can see looking back at it. So I have a I have a couple of stories I'm gonna share, but um first off, I think John, you mentioned I, I mean, I mentioned myself as as a Bills fan, like I didn't become a Bills fan because of my father. My father's kind of like he cares but he doesn't really like it's kind of an afterthought for him whereas like he was working with this uh he does this thing for vietnam veterans and he was talking to like some uh supreme court justice nominee or something not maybe not supreme court for it's not for the country but like for new york state or something like that and his campaign instead of him like handing out a campaign flyer like this is why i should be voted in he gave it to my dad as like a as a bill's calendar there's a Buffalo Bills calendar, and then it says reelect so and so, right? And in the background is like Zuba's colors and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm not much of a Bills fan, but my wife is. So he gave it to my mom, and then my mom keeps it on the fridge. Like, that's genius, right? Like, I, I love stories like that. My mom's the reason I'm a Bills fan. I had her on a couple of seasons ago, if you want to hear about that, um, where it was a Mother's Day uh, Bills podcast. But, uh, but John, John, I think you've mentioned you weren't specifically a Bills fan because of your father, or or it was more of a group family thing, but it wasn't your father specifically, but your father's a huge Bills fan, right? Yeah, I mean, it was the whole family, both sides, uh, mom and dad, and um, both grandparents, like everybody was a Bills fan, aunts, uncles, everybody. Um, parents are from Buffalo, they moved, you know, Rochester, and like, you know, everything, like, from birth, you know, I had a Joe Ferguson shirt when I was six months old or nine months old or whatever it was. So, uh, you know, there was no no escaping it. There was never going to be a time where your mom and dad had ever had an issue of like, is he going to be a Bills fan or not? Like it was determined probably before you were born that they shared this in common, that they were going to share that with you. Yeah, like I don't remember any like discrepancies like, oh, I'm going to be whatever. Like I think I just, 
fell in line with the family. And I mean, got like other players from other teams. Like I remember liking Joe Montana or whoever, but like I was always a Bills fan, so it didn't matter. Like, you know, Bills are playing. Let's go, Bills. That's cool. That's cool. I love stories like that. So, Mike, you are a fan also because your father's a Bills fan. What was that like growing up? Because I remember like, I every once in a while I'd come over to your house for a game and I got to be honest I was kind of you know I love my dad but I was kind of a little jealous that like your father had this sort of interest that my dad didn't in the, in the game like what was that what was that like growing up I mean obviously probably not as much of a Bills fan as you are but I mean how did that all come about I think similar to John just a family thing but Is your mom a Bills fan too? No, she couldn't care less. <laughs> Family thing with at least your dad's side. <laughs> but do you like you're you're actively working on making your kids Bills fans? Is that accurate? Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I was wouldn't, gonna now. Wouldn't it make more sense to not make them a Bills fan? <laughs> no, just in the sense that like the Bills are up and coming. Like you couldn't pick a, a better franchise currently. But I I just think. The cognitive dissonance that you go through when 31, like John's despondent for weeks after the Bills get knocked out. Why put someone else through that when they don't care? A baby doesn't care about football, the Bills. You should just cheer for sport, I guess. I don't know. Like to to be (laughs) 31 fan bases are always disappointed. It sucks. Did you ever notice that people that don't follow sports seem to be so much happier than people like us that like follow one or two or three sports or whatever and have like so many different teams? Like, you're just like, well, it doesn't affect my life because, like you said, like in each of those sports, there's only one winner, so you're constantly being disappointed year after year, and they don't have that sort of disappointment in their life. They probably get to focus on like the stock market or something, you know, like just or, or family or oh, pff, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> family yeah yeah but as happy as john's gonna be when the bills win the super bowl do you think that will make up for the years that long decades of depression i don't know do you think uh, that is that possible i think i think it's good because they learn that you win some and you lose some to uh, it's a cliche but like they need to learn that at a young age they play soccer they do taekwondo they do girl scouts they do all these other things and they need to know that you can't, or even in school, like math or reading and writing, like at a young age, kindergarten, first grade, like you're not going to get it right the first time. But if you keep trying, like Don Beebe did, and in, 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 like that's a perfect example, like in that game against the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, like you persevere and, and you do better and, and, and you learn from your mistakes and, and you get even better and you, and you do good. And I think that's a great thing that sports does in general. I disagree completely. <laughs> the can, the world itself will beat you down. You don't need to seek it out. Like you will get disease. <laughs> like yeah. people and you will have to die. Le- and, and you have to learn to overcome that. And that's, that's all part of it. Maybe it's playing soccer and not everyone gets a trophy. Like I, I totally could see if you were um i just i don't i don't know if you have to seek it out to the extent that you have one single team in every sport set and there's 30 on average with baseball it's like 30 other teams so you're going to be disappointed at the end and it just to make someone adopt that to hang or out or you could win and not be disappointed like that's the whole point 
advancing. Unless you're a Pats fan, man. I, I you well, know they cheat, so that's different. <laughs> when you're thinking about when you're saying that, Mike, about uh, like when the Bills, like if the Bills win it, will it be worth the decades of like seeing? The Bills lose. Like, I, I, I can't even imagine. I would hope that it would be worth that and more. I just but, think, well, well, John, like Don Beebe, like, but yeah, he chased that Leon let down. But like, even if the Bills win it now, think of all the generations of Bills players that never got there. You know, it's like. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Reed Bruce Smith, they'll all be very happy for the current team that wins the Super Bowl. And I'm very sure that they're going to express that. I still think that they. Feel... I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be better that they didn't win it and they did. Thirty or thirty, forty years I, later. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like all the Bills fans that you're like, oh, there's still a chance, but there's how many are dead and in the ground that are not going to experience that. It, like it, it, it's if, any if you, game, if you ultimate headly redemption. Any sure. given Sunday, like look at the the comeback game. Like that's another example. They're so like, lucky they're in the like dirt. We they don't so have to worry about it. They won the comeback game and then we lost. I'm like, oh, that's way worse. <laughs> is it? This, this felt is, like a destiny. Like, not not making it to the third Super Bowl. Like they're the only team that have ever won four AFC Championship games. I would trade all that it, for one Super Bowl, no doubt. Yeah, but like if they didn't win that comeback game, then they wouldn't even have that. That's <laughs> they would have had that like, huge disappointment. <laughs> They would. They wouldn't even have the four AFC conference games. Like, like everything means something. The, those people that are dead in the dirt are so lucky right now that they don't have to constantly stress over their team. Did you know? Did you know there were ten million people climbing the gates to get back into that game? <laughs> at least, at least ten million. What? How many people are in the city of Buffalo? Every single one of them. Yeah, was at that game. Um, you know what's funny? You're mentioning that about like you know, if the Bills win it, will it will it be a good thing? And you know, my kids are way too young to have experienced the decades of like disappointment. I feel like for people like us, it'll be worth a lot. But like to people like our kids' age, because they're so young, like they'll just be chasing that for the rest of their life. Or will they be like, oh, I was five, it was amazing? Or they'll be like, oh, I want them to win it as an adult. And then they're chasing that for their entire lives, you know, hoping that they see it again, just like the people like us or older or younger. They're just like, I just want to see one, you know? I mean, it was amazing for it's me never ending. too. When I was a kid, it was amazing for me. Like, they went to four. It's like, all right, well, all right, all right, they'll go to another one. Like, it didn't matter. Like, all right, let's go to the – they made three. Let's go to the fourth one. Fine, whatever. All right, the, uh, the all right, they didn't win the fourth one. All right, they're gonna five. Strive for five. Remember that was a big slogan. Strive for five. Like, as I a think kid, that's Wegman's like <laughs> trying to convince you to eat your eat more vegetables. <laughs> Wegman stole that from the Buffalo Bills. Look, I didn't. I didn't care. I was a little. I was a kid, but like, they were good when I was a kid, right? Like, that was like. I'm not saying that's what swayed me. It would have mattered because my whole family was Bills fans. But you, you don't stop believing that they're, they they could do it because of all these things that have happened over the years. Like, it could go either way. You've seen it, not just for the Bills, but any other team in the league. It could go either way. You just got to be healthy. You have to have a decent strategy, draft some good guys, and let's make a go of it. There's Cinderella teams every year. There's good teams that win consistently 
he just hopes to be one of them. Well put, John. Well put. So uh, tell John what I like about when you talk about being a dad, and I'm going to tell my own story first, but like there's certain times where you're proud of your kids as a Bills fan, right? Like one of the things I'll say is uh, like my my wife's brother, so my brother-in-law is a Dolphins fan, right? Which is kind of funny, but he's a cool Dolphins fan in the fact that like he's never like, you guys suck or whatever. He's like, yeah, he's like, we'll see. We're probably going to be terrible again this year or something. I'm like, yeah, you probably will be. <laughs> whatever like it's a fun it's a fun back and forth uh but the thing that he does especially when my son was really young like two years old and he was just learning about football they'd be like go dolphins and because you know little kids like to you know repeat what their relatives say their big cousins or uncle would say he'd be like go dolphins and i just kept my mouth shut and i didn't say anything and i'm just like okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be that guy that overreacts over something so small i wanted to but i'm like hold You're it in Nick. better man than i am <laughs> i want I, john i might have uh, i might have caused a scene if i had really given in to my you know you're just like okay let's make christmas go okay no it's not it's not everyone everyone remember this one so uh, a couple of years later when he's like three or four, uh, you know, they try to do the same thing cause they think it's funny when he does it. And it was a, probably one of the prouder moments as a bills fan father, when he was like, when they're like, yeah, go dolphins, go dolphins. And he's like, no dolphins stink, go bills. And I would completely unprompted by myself or anything like that. Like, you know, in my house, obviously we say go bills and I joke around like my son's funny. He likes to joke around like, Oh, I'm going to become a lion's fan. I'm like, you won't under this household. You know, it's, it's a fun thing. But, uh, but that was one of the moments, John, has there ever been like, I know you text me. I'm sometimes a proud moment as a father for, you know, being a bills fan or you're like, Oh, my kid kind of gets it with things that like, you know, they do. I think it's very similar. I think like unprompted go bills things or like I pick them up from school because like I don't see them in the morning because I go to work early and I pick them up from school and they're like in a bills outfit and they're like, I picked this out because of you or like go bills or things like that. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. You're like, I did my job, not only as a father, but as a Bills fan, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> which I'm not sure which is more important at this stage, but you know, I know one of them's important. They're both probably important. <laughs> my, I'll, I'll give another one. You mentioned you, you were thinking about, like you were talking about picking out like clothes. I remember we were talking about like being fickle and like my son won't wear Bill stuff when it's not Bill season now. And I'll ask him why. I'll get him like a Bill shirt out for school. He'll be like, well, the Bill's lost. So I'm like, like, dude, I don't say this, but I'm like, dude, you've got to get used to this. Like this is going to happen like in, in life. But you know, they're still learning. They're still young at that age. But my son was playing soccer and his coach was a huge Bills fan, like huge. Like he'd always wear Bills hoodies to practice. And whenever they finished a game, they'd always say like, whatever they teach, like they were Jaguars or something like go Jaguars and then one, two, three, go bills. Like he always made all the kids say that, which I loved, right? Like that's, that's so cool. And I always told him like how cool that was. And, uh, and so my son was playing in, in a soccer game and they were losing like three to nothing. And you know, he's still at the age where it's not real competitive or anything. Like they kind of keep track of score, but they're mostly still learning how to play the game. And, uh, and sure enough, like, don't they start scoring goals and then, you know, my son's team and his soccer team is winning and the coach is like cheering him up. He's not, he's actually on the field with them. They're at the age with the coach is on the field with him. He's like, good job guys. He's like, you guys are good. You know, he told my son he had a, he had a goal, his first goal. He's like, good job. 
and my son goes, this is, this is just like the greatest comeback, right? Like he mentions there and I'm just like, how does he know that? Like, I'm sure I mentioned it to him, like, but it wasn't like something we harp like every day before breakfast, like, oh, there's a greatest comeback in NFL history. Like who did the, you know, like I just mentioned it and like, I could just tell, like, I was proud as a dad, like that he even knew that or remembered it or cared to remember it. And then like the coach gave him a huge high five for that. Just being like, dude, that is awesome that, you know, cool. Just like as a, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Like for me as a father or him as a son or like as a person growing up, it doesn't matter, but it was a proud moment. Uh, it was cool. It was cool to, uh, to experience that. So yeah, I just thought I'd share that. That's a good one. Every once in a while. So I'm going to read a few actually that I, I did this, uh, thing on Twitter, um, a couple of years ago, and I'm going to read a couple with you guys, uh, see what you guys think uh, of this. It was one of those things where I said, you know, you know, I'm looking to follow back some Bills fans. Reply with the person that made you a Bills fan. Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, etc. Really curious how you became a Bills fan. And so I'm going to read some of those, some of these answers from people, which are, which are really pretty cool. Uh, uh, Bronag Morgan writes, she says, my dad Wish he was here to watch the last season. And she shows a picture of him or her uh, pinning on his corsage for her wedding, it looks like. So that that's really cool that she shared that with us. Definitely definitely a cool moment. Uh, Super Marchio writes, my papa did contracts. Just, by the way, is papa, I figured that meant dad. Does papa mean grandfather? It's grandfather, isn't it? Is it papa? Papa dead? It's Italian. Okay, my papa. Okay, should I do this whole thing in an Italian accent? My papa, he did a contract back during the nineties run. <laughs> he said, "I used to kick field goals with Steve Christie, and Bruce was always around the house for Graham's dinner. We had a press box suite. Miss those days. That's that's pretty cool. That's it's kind of a humble brag, but pretty cool too." <laughs> Hansel. Uh, writes when i was born the fandom was passed down to me by my father a few years ago a few years later i believed i was the next great bills quarterback that looks like the kind of outfit that john would he shares a picture that looks like the kind of outfit john would have wore as a as a bills fan like growing up in his household right do you, do you have a helmet mike you had a helmet didn't you yeah <laughs> that's cool Alex writes, my dad, best thing ever was last summer when he pulled me aside and handed me an older flag with a helmet on it. Told me it once belonged to one of my uncles, his best friend since college, who passed away from a heart attack when I was a kid. He told me he wanted me to have it. Wow, that's a good one. Confidence underscore 100 writes, dad, he was born and raised in Buffalo and instilled the Bill's love into me at a very young age, and I'm beyond lucky and grateful he did, even though I've never lived there. Buffalo is like home. That's cool. Stanley J. Cohen writes, my dad raised me right. I live in Jets, Giants country. That's even more impressive that you're a Bill's fan even living in that area. Scott Sierra writes, my dad and uncles took me at six to eight years old to the Bills games during the early 90s. Was lucky enough to go to some pretty cool games. The Raiders 51-3 game, the Dolphins Brian Cox double bird game and the Chiefs AFC championship. Some of my earliest childhood memories, and I still remember them like yesterday. Dude, that's cool. Man, there have been some some people have gone to some and done some really cool things uh, with their dad, like as Bills fans that wrote. 
Dan Fisher writes, my dad and his friend from work began uh, going to Bill's games at the Rock Pile. They decided to get seasons. First year of Rich in 1973. Dad took me to my first Bill's game, 1987, against against the Bills. That 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 must not be right, but he must mean against the Dolphins or something. I vividly remember. Oh, that's against the Patriots. I vividly remember Kelly versus Grogan. Ten years later, my brother and I got our own season tickets. All right, let's try this. Scotty P writes, Pops is a diehard Bills fan. He's on TV during the comeback game. Put a hole in his closet wall after a Patriots cape and refuses to repair it until we win a Super Bowl. I pretty much followed right in line. LOL. That's funny. That's a good excuse to like break something and say that you can't fix it right after you break it. (laughs) I tore that toilet out of the wall and I'm not fixing it until the Bills win the big one. Your mom's like, Henry! We need a toilet. I'm not fixing anything. <laughs> Chuck Abshigan writes, Pops did it for me. I was six when he took me to the championship game at the Rock Pile. That's awesome. Could you imagine, like, remembering the 64 or 65 championship games? Yeah. Oh, no, I can't. I can't imagine. That would be really cool. Joe, I, I think the first game I went to was, like, 2000 or 2001. So I never went to a 90s game like that. Scott Ackward writes, my late dad, Brian Ackward, our late conversation, our last conversation was the day he suddenly passed about our excitement for Shady the day he was traded to us. Wow. Wow. I feel like I don't want to read anymore after that one. Do you imagine the last conversation with your father being about the bills? At least it was excitement. At least it wasn't, you know, the last conversation was like, can you believe this crap, man? (laughs) Especially during that period of time when they acquired Shady, they were not a good team. Iman writes, Dad was teaching me about football in 87. Our station showed Washington or Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Every other team bored the hell out of me except those Bills. There was something magic about those games. Started visiting and going to games, making great friends. Now I live in Buffalo. Just the Truth writes, My dad, may God rest his soul, my first game in 1969. Irish Scribe writes, My dad made me a Bills fan, took me to my first game at War Memorial in 1969. Jeez, are you guys related? That's funny. It was actually my first sporting event of any kind. Don't remember much about the game, but I remember it was a glorious, sunny, crisp day, and I've associated that weather with football ever since. Amber writes, Dad, I love him so much for it. White Henry writes, My pops from Plattsburgh, New York. He bled Bills Blue. Best thing he ever passed on to me. Now I got them. And with me everywhere I go. Here's one. Stepdad. Kinda. I bet on a game with him when I was six, seven years old and never looked back. Hey, you know, shout out to stepdads that are actually, you know, good dads too. They they shouldn't be uh, overlooked on Father's Day. Jay writes, my dad always took me to games as a kid. I remember watching them on his couch when I was at his house for the weekend. I really became a fan when he went to jail for selling pot. Helped me stay close with him over the years. When we got together, it was like nothing ever changed. Mr. Sandman, my dad, went to UB during the Kelly era. He knew a bunch of the cheerleaders and got invited to a bunch of the player parties because of that. That's cool. Eiston T. Harris writes, My father, we're British, born and raised, but moved to Canada a little over a decade ago. He's been a fan in England since the 80s for some reason, and I was his protege. Once we got closer to the game, it was easy, and I really fell in love with it. Timothy Majka writes, My dad, football in general, but especially the Bills. 
If games weren't on TV, our special guest at family dinner every Sunday would be Van Miller. <laughs> That's cool. That's how I had to watch the games, man. When we uh, when we couldn't get them because of the blackout, I had to listen to them on the radio. Justin says, well, my dad was a huge football fan, and I was never super into it, but I still supported the Bills. But since we got back to the playoffs in 2018, I became a diehard fan. Now it's insane that we're Super Bowl contenders, and I'm really happy. Envy Dre writes, Dad put me in a Bills jersey from young, and that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Sounds like you, John. Mike Forum writes, My dad, he was an all-star football player in high school and loved watching any game, especially the Bills. My earliest Bills memories are him taking me to training camp in Niagara, where I got OJ's autograph, and attending the first Bills, first ever Bills game at Rich Stadium. That's cool. Can't imagine how crazy that was. Michael Ewing writes, my father got me into it when I was young, and that was the one thing we always did every Sunday morning from Joe Ferguson to JP and everything in between. By the way, I tweeted this out a couple of years ago, so it's kind of cool even reading these in retrospect because I know that obviously these stories still count, but uh, it's, it's cool finally getting a chance to read these. Wayner58 writes, my dad took me to the Bills Charger game in 1967. John, was that the AFL championship game, the Bills Chargers game in 1967? Is that what... They're referring to, must have been right. Uh, sixty four and sixty five. Oh, okay. Must have been another game then. I was nine years old and remember the color of the field and the pageantry. In addition, my dad also called Lance Bambi Allworth all over this over to the snow fence and got his autograph for me. My dad instilled the love of sports at an early age. That's awesome. Allworth was probably one of the best receivers ever. That's cool. John, like, would you ever like call a Bills player or like another player from another team that was really good like over for an autograph? I uh, that's impressive. I I give credit to that. Yeah, Mahomes. Me, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, come on. Over. I mean, I don't know what he was looked at like in the 60s, but like or, or whenever the 67. Oh. John would definitely do that. John would be using his kids as props. <laughs> Hold them over the edge of the <laughs> Uh, of the seats like hey come here quick quick before i drop her the oh i got a story i got a unrelated but yeah. that's fourth story for you guys that happened to me this weekend so i was in boston and went to a red Sox game because had nothing else going on and went in early based sports fan more than baseball whatever right mm-hmm. so got in early to see batting practice because i wanted to get a ball and i was like one of the first i was walking around fenway checking it out i know you guys have been but Got in early and see the Sox uh, batting practice. And I'm, it's me and a bunch of kids. Kids are like flocks of seagulls. But one of the balls is near me. Can't catch it. Didn't have my glove. Um, but a couple rows up. And it's just me and one other kid. And then I'm like, well, I don't like, what if somebody's recording this? I'm not going to be like fight a kid over a ball, right? <laughs> Even though I really want this ball. <laughs> Came in early. It's the whole reason you're there. Assuming, it's the whole reason I'm there are hours before the game starts. <laughs> Uh, and I can definitely beat this kid to the ball. But he, it's not like he's three or four. He's probably 13 would be my guess. Um, and he has the the cap and the wraparound, like, really giant sunglasses. And, oh, man, tell he's a jerk to other kids at school. <laughs> <clears throat> but I let him have the ball because I don't want to be on camera, like, pushing a kid over for a ball. Yeah. Or fighting a kid. And then so he doesn't. I obviously let up, but he. I'm like, ah, you know, oh, you're there, okay, it's yours, whatever. And doesn't that little shit take that ball 
and drop it into his bag of balls. What? Oh my god! And then the 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 uh, usher that I was talking to prior, like, hey, is this a good spot to you know to to maybe snag a ball? Um, he was like, oh, that's the the cleanest ball I've ever seen at batting practice. That looked brand new out of the box. I'm like. So that's the story of using the kid. To... That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> you could... yeah, Did you get another one after that, or no, that was your only chance? No. But that, like, people started, like, a lot more people were filing in. and Like, you could still go up to the railing and, and, and pitchers warming up. But if you had a kid with you, of course you'd get a ball thrown to you or mm. a coach or something like that. That is, like, I 100% agree with you guys. Football is a much more exciting sport. But baseball, like, it does have that interaction. Like, because the balls are, I don't know how cheap they get them, but like you keep the foul balls, the home runs, like people throwing you, but like that is, football should have something like that rather than just shooting a, a triple X large t shirt at you with a gun in <laughs> arena like, football. I feel like you've seen Diggs punt a ball in the stands before. That would be, that's awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, Diggs. If a ball goes in, you can keep it, right? Like if you, if, if they, yeah, it's if it's player, an errant the player, the kick players, or something. The, the players that pay for it, yeah. <laughs> like if they throw it or punt it like afterwards, right? Like I think it's. Are you serious? Yeah, I think so. They charge them like forty bucks or something. I, I, I'm pretty sure they charge the player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Knowing the NFL, they upcharge that. <laughs> oh, it's a thousand dollars for that football. Like what? <laughs> it's a special kind. <laughs> Wow. That's cool. I just wanted to read some of those. That that's a that's a cool story, Mike. At thirteen years old, I'm pretty sure that you could take it from him. Like as soon as kids start getting puberty, they stop being cute. Nobody cares about them anymore, right? Like they have that like. If lo- it was before cell could- phones, man, I no way that kid was getting that. <laughs> You'd have his knee into your knee into his back, like just- dude. I was so like it. It wasn't like we were in physical. Like the the whole section was empty, and I just kind of beat him to the ball, you know. Um, but like, oh, is it? How's it going to look if I go 100 percent racing over to it as he's trying to climb over a chair? Did you think about asking him, "Hey, man, I see you got a bunch there. You mind giving me that one? Since I probably could have beaten you to it." No. He'd have been like, "Screw you, old man!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> finders keepers, and you'd be like, "You little shit!" Like, <laughs> uh, oh, or is man. it? Or is it? You never would have made it there, and you just make yourself feel better. Like, no, dude. I you had know, I was ball. giving it to the kid. I had it. <laughs> Tracked it the whole way. <laughs> I, I I dove for it. I broke my wrist. I didn't get it. <laughs> That's funny. One thing I'll share about a personal experience about like uh, being a Bills fan of my dad because I mentioned he's not a big Bills fan. One of my one of my favorite memories. Actually, you were there, Mike. Was my first job out of college. There was. They had this cool thing where they took everyone to the Bills game in a bus, and you can invite family members, you know. And so I invited my dad, and he was interested in going. Mike was there, and it was just like, I remember that being a cool memory. I'm sure the Bills probably lost or whatever. But, like, it was a cool experience just because I know my dad's not a big Bills fan, and he went to it anyway because he knew it was important. It was my first job. Like, it was kind of like a different experience. Like, I'm sure if I asked him to go now, he'd be like, hell no, uh, because he's older now. But, uh you know, give give him credit for that for for being like, yeah, yeah, I'll go to that. That's outside his comfort zone, outside something that he was. You know, I still remember. You know, high fiving him in the stands. That's that's one of my cool memories. So I'll I'll end it on that. Unless somebody else has something that they want to share, uh, family wise or bills wise or 
you know, from relatives or anything like that. All right, well, this is as good a time as any to remind you that this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, again, probably the best sportsbook within a thousand miles. Um, and you can quote me on that because I've been to several of them and they're really not that good. They're not that fun. They're, they're, it's just... It's just a different experience. It's fun there, and uh, and I look forward to going back soon, hopefully. And uh, and you guys should too if you haven't checked that out. And also want to plug our T Public site. Um, our designer Nick has done some tremendous work over this last few weeks, and he's got some uh, Madden Josh Allen uh, designs he's working on. You know how there's EA Sports. Well, uh, Nick did uh, JA Shorts, so he changed the EA logo into JA and. Instead of sports, it's shorts, so kind of a cool. We got a Zubas, a red, blue version of it. It's pretty cool, and we got a few other things. So um, check those out at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And, uh, and the, the link is in the uh, show notes for the podcast, just in case you uh, need to find it there. So thank you guys all for listening. Appreciate you guys allowing us to share stories and to talk about the drama between Diggs and Josh Allen, which uh, I didn't expect. It was nice, though, to not have to come up with a super, you know, a completely different topic. So we'll see what happens from there. So thank you guys all for listening. Signing off for John. Go Bills. Thinking about getting a Diggs jersey. This is the year. Super Bowl and the next 10 years Super Bowls go Bills and for Mike go Bills <laughs> and for me Nate uh, go Bills happy Father's Day again and make sure to thank your dad for bringing you into this world because your mom probably wasn't even in the mood talk to you guys next week Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>